Welcome back to the Fitness Simplified Podcast. I'm your host, Kim Schlag. There's no denying it now, ready or not, the holiday season is upon us. Though I hope for you the holidays bring some measure of joy and peace, I know that they can also bring large helpings of stress. Some of that stress is directly related to food, especially if you are in a fat loss phase. Much of the stress, though not directly related to food, ends up being about food because of your attempts to use food to relieve stress, to comfort, and to numb. So let's talk about all of that today. Expectations. Let's start there. What do you want to accomplish these last six weeks of the year? Do you want to continue losing weight at the same weight rate you've been losing weight? Do you want to lose weight, but you're fine with a little bit slower pace? Do you want to maintain your weight? All of these are possibilities. They're all valid goals. What is important, because there's no right answer, is making sure that your goal and your behavior are aligned. Otherwise, you'll be frustrated. For example, if currently you are losing weight at a pretty good clip and you are 90% on track with your nutrition, and you decide, hey, that's what I want to keep doing. But with all the holiday festivities, you back it up to 60% uh, on track, yet you're still expecting the same rate of weight loss. That's where frustration comes into play. So decide what will success be for you. Okay, then let's have a plan for success. And this is very much connected to that last step. So what I want you to do is get a calendar out and look at these next six weeks. I want you to decide which days involve higher calorie foods, holidays, parties, office commitments, look and see. So I do this for me. I suggest my clients do it for them. We often go into this season thinking like, well, it's all going downhill now. It's just going to be all food from here till January 1, when in reality, it's not that much time. So for me, my first event, the night before Thanksgiving, pie night. Get together with a whole bunch of friends. We all bring a pie and we eat pie. There's usually, I don't know, maybe 30 kinds of pie. So we got pie night, got Thanksgiving. I host a wassail and caroling party. I host a cookie exchange party. We've got Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, New Year's Eve, New Year's Day. That's like eight things out of 48 days. That's not that many. And some of those, remember this, don't go into it with such an all or nothing mentality. Like I have this special event tonight, therefore the day is a wash, right? Just like in another part of the year, you might go out to dinner and plan to have a slice of cake. It doesn't mean you don't track your calories the rest of the day or that, ah, screw it, the day is done. And it's the same with the holiday season. For me, pie night and my wassail party doesn't mean the rest of the day is going to be off track. I plan those calories in. There are some days that I, and I'm assuming you, will want to just have as untracked days. I'm not going to be tracking my calories on Christmas Eve. I'm not going to be tracking my calories on Christmas Day. I'm not going to be tracking my calories on New Year's Eve. There's a lot going on, wonderful food involved, and the general rule guideline that I follow is I eat until satisfied, not stuffed. So I want you to really get out a calendar and look it over and see What are the days that are going to involve higher calorie foods? Which days are going to be truly untracked days? And which are just going to be higher calorie events? And how will you approach those events? Will you just not track for that event? Will you uh, 
track and plan for those calories in your day? Will you shoot for maintenance calories those day? Have a distinct plan so that you are set up for success for the next six weeks. Okay, moving on to common hurdles. Let's talk about it. Hurdle number one, we were just alluding to this all or nothing mentality. You know, remind yourself that it's not a reality. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be all on track or it doesn't count. You can do things imperfectly and still make really great progress. This one, this hurdle is often just a mental switch. It's often just reminding ourselves and telling ourselves out loud helps. It still counts. I don't have to be all in or all out. And this applies all year round. It just applies in so, there's so much more need for it at this time of year. The second hurdle, the this is my only chance syndrome. Okay, this one, we feel like this is it. This is my chance for pumpkin pie. This is my chance. And it's not true, right? You could legitimately go out in July or in January or in March and you could get a pumpkin pie. You could make a pumpkin pie. You could pay someone to make you a pumpkin pie. This is not your only chance. And again, this is a mental switch that we need to make. I'm not saying you shouldn't eat your pumpkin pie and enjoy your pumpkin pie, but I want you to go into it with a very uh, precise, fresh thought in your mind of, I can have pumpkin pie any dang time. I want pumpkin pie. So the scarcity mindset around it is gone. It can really shift how much food you end up eating. You don't feel this like desperation to like get it now because it's now or never. That isn't reality and we need to push back against that. So that's hurdle number two. Hurdle number three, other people and their expectations. Let's talk about food pushers. Are you familiar with that term? If you haven't heard the term, you're certainly going to be familiar with the concept. So people trying to get you to eat when you do not want to eat. This happens for a couple of reasons. Two most common ones I see. One, this is simply how the person shows love. Mom, grandma, they want you to eat the potatoes. They know you love the potatoes. Have the potatoes, right? That's one. Second one might come from a person who has a desire to not feel alone in their overeating. They want to justify their own overeating. And so they don't want to be eating all the bread alone. They want you to be eating the bread with them. Now, in both of these cases, you can handle it the same way. First thing is to remind yourself, you don't owe anybody to have bites of food that you don't want that you're not hungry for. You don't owe that to anybody. So remind yourself of that first. Then I'm going to give you three steps to deal with food pushers, no matter why they're food pushing. Number one, state clearly, no thank you. Sometimes we think we're saying no and we're really not saying it. We're, we're beating around the bush, okay? Making up all kinds of reasons. The more you talk, the more they can argue back. No thank you. If you want to go a little bit further to really have something that somebody can't argue back about, no thank you, I'm not full, I, I am full. No thank you, I'm full, I'm not hungry anymore. Pick one of those. Nobody, what can they say? Yes, you are. You are hungry. No, thank you. I'm not hungry. Moving on to step two, show appreciation. No, thank you. Mom, thank you so much for making these potatoes. They were delicious. I love your potatoes. So you show appreciation. Then step three, after you've 
said no, you've thanked them, then you want to change the subject, preferably to something that they're going to want to talk about. So change the subject to them. Hey, mom, tell me about your cruise. How was Aruba? What did you think of it? Boom. That's how you handle food pushers. You can use this strategy all year round. They just happen to come out in full force during the holidays. Okay, let's move on to the fourth hurdle. Leftovers and endless streams of sweets and goodies, food gifts. Let's talk about both of those. The key here is setting up your environment for success. So let's talk leftovers first. If you're the one doing the cooking, don't make as much food. I had a client tell me this just yesterday that that's her plan for Thanksgiving. She's hosting. She's going to make an appropriate quantity of food. So there's plenty of food for the day, but not an excess amount of leftovers. So that's one strategy you can take if you're doing the hosting. Another strategy you can take if you're doing the hosting is sending those leftovers home with somebody else. You don't have to keep them all at your house. Now, if you're not hosting, if you're going somewhere else, the easiest strategy is just do not accept leftovers to bring them home or only accept the ones that are going to serve you well. So you could bring home some turkey or you could bring home some vegetables. Don't accept the things that you know are gonna sit in your kitchen and are gonna be haunting you that you're gonna to want to overeat. That they're gonna push you to, if you eat them, you'll be over your calorie targets. Just don't bring them home. Okay, what about all of the extra sweets and goodies that are around? People keep giving you gifts, giving you candy, giving you cookies. What to do about them? Number one, obviously accept them with appreciation. If somebody's giving you a gift, you don't need to be rude or say like, I'm on a diet or I don't eat that. There's no reason to, to, to be rude. But you can accept them, show great appreciation for the fact that they did this for you. If it's something that interests you, if it's something that you want to include in your calories, make some of it fit. Enjoy it. Enjoy every last bite that you choose to have. And then with the rest of it, if it's going to be something that is going to sit in your house and you're going to overeat it, give it away get rid of it, give it to somebody else who's gonna appreciate it, or even throw it out. I know that can feel a little bit like, ah, somebody gave this to me, but somebody gave it to you because they care about you. Remember that, they're not giving it to you to trip you up on the path towards your goals. Okay, so that's setting your environment up for success. Let's go on to hurdle number five, emotional eating. This is a big one and it's a heavy one. It's not as easy as, hey, don't bring home leftovers. This one takes a lot of thought, it takes a lot of emotional energy, but it is worth it. The first piece is to remind yourself that food can't fix, now insert any emotion here, food can't fix sad, food can't fix mad, food can't fix lonely, food can't fix bored. Remind yourself of that, because oftentimes it feels like it can. Tell yourself out loud, food can't fix this unless you're hungry and then food could fix that. But if we're emotional eating, food can't fix this. Okay, the next part, and this is the really hard part, is dealing with the emotion itself. If you're sad, you need to deal with the sad. If you're lonely, you need to deal with the lonely. And that's hard stuff. Get support to deal with it, talk it out, write it down, but know that dealing with the emotion is going to be the thing that fixes the emotion and sometimes dealing with it is literally just sitting with it. If you're sad at Christmas, if this is your first Christmas without your dad or your first Christmas without your mom, sometimes what dealing with it means is just sitting with that feeling and letting yourself be sad. That's part of it. Let's talk about it. 
a couple of specific um, cases of emotional eating that come up a lot around the holidays and some approaches to dealing with them instead of eating. One of them is overcommitment and the stress that comes from that. Do you find yourself overeating because you're stressed that you are stretched so thin at the holiday season? So the answer to this is dealing with the overcommitment, saying no, which is hard, but committing to do that, committing to look at your calendar and only accept the things that you want to accept. And that can be hard saying no to friends. It can be hard saying no to family. You don't want to end up in a spot where you resent them though. And so saying no is actually kind to them. Remind yourself of that. I had a, a client today just tell me that she has been really stressed and stewing about what to do about Thanksgiving. Her elderly parents are going to visit their even more elderly mother several states away. And she, in her mind, was feeling so pressured to take her grown kids and go with them. And there was just this pressure about that. And that's not what she wanted to do. And she was very stressed about it. And she said she finally decided to do the grown-up thing and talk to them about it. And she found out that they were totally fine and had no expectation of her joining them, that they were fine with her staying home. Now, honestly, if they hadn't been fine, if that's what she wanted to do, that would be a further conversation to have. But remember that a lot of the pressure we put on ourselves about other people's expectations, some of it isn't even reality. And so having clear conversations, and again, I know that that's hard. That is way harder than just eating some chocolate chip cookies and to, and I'm putting this in air quotes, deal with your stress because the cookies don't really help. Remind yourself that you can rewrite your story any way you want. And that feels like, how can that be true? If every year for the past 15 years, you've had to go for six days and visit your in-laws at Christmas and every year has stressed you out, and now you're thinking like, what do you mean I can rewrite my story? How can I do that? Well, one, you can have the hard conversation of, do you need to go for five days to visit your in-laws? Is there another option? Can you go for a shorter period of time? If you decide you're gonna go, what time can you have to yourself while you're there? What can you do there that is joyful for you? Approaching these conversations. What will you do there that self-care that doesn't involve food? Tackling each one of those situations. If you have the story playing in your head, I always overeat at my mom's. And you know, you're going to your mom's for the holiday and I always overeat at my mom's. You can change that. You can rewrite that story. How do you want to behave at your mom's? What will you do differently? How would you like to feel when you come home from your mom's? Go through those things ahead of time. Speak to yourself in this way. I'm practicing being a person who eats moderately at my mom's. I am practicing that. Remind yourself it's a practice. You don't have to do it perfectly. This might take several attempts of you going to your mom's and practicing not overeating. Remember, you are in control. You can literally rewrite your story at any time. All right, it's the most wonderful time of the year. It's the most wonderful time of the year and you are in charge of you. You can rewrite your story at any time. I want you to get through this holiday season on track for success with your goals. Remember to be very clear about what success looks like. Set up your plan for success. Get that calendar out and then think about these hurdles and which ones apply to you. Not everybody deals with every one of these hurdles. So which ones are most applicable to you? Think about that and come up with a plan for dealing with them. Happy Thanksgiving.
Thanks so much for being here and listening in to the Fitness Simplified podcast today. I hope you found it educational, motivational, inspirational, all the kinds of ational. <laughs> if you enjoyed it, if you found value in it, it would mean so much to me if you would go ahead and leave a rating and review on whatever platform you are listening to this on. It really does help to get this podcast to other people. Thanks so much. Thank you.